Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Rays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 9 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Ryan Allgood from the I Remembered It Better podcast. How are you doing this morning, Ryan? I'm, I'm doing all right, Joe. How are you, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Thank you for being here with us today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with you, um, we're going to uh, ask you a few questions. Sure. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, as you mentioned, um, I'm one of three co-hosts from the I Remembered It Better podcast. Um, it's our own little, uh, I think we say, uh, experiment in geek nostalgia. We like to take a look back at, uh, uh, you know, the things from our childhood, the things we really liked, we're really excited about, and kind of take a second look at them, uh, kind of, you know, re- removing the, the glasses of nostalgia and, and kind of critically looking at things and asking, you know, tough questions like, was this really as cool as we thought it was or do kids just like dumb things? So um, <laughs> we've, uh, you know, we've, we've had a good mix, I think, uh, over the last couple of years of looking back at things and, and being pleasantly surprised that uh, that, hey, this this thing was was pretty awesome or this was not. This was really lame. And it, it's, it makes me sad to, to realize that. Um, so, you know, so that so, you know, podcasting uh, co-host with with uh, Cliff Haddix and and uh, and Jules. Um, let's see, uh, you know. Uh, I'm also, I'm a gamer, um, you know, fairly casually. I don't, I don't get into competitive gaming. Uh, I just, you know, kind of like to, to chill out. I think it's a cool, it's, it's a cool new media where, uh, really for storytelling for me. Um, I think it's, I, I really enjoy letting, you know, the various creators of video games unfold and tell me a story through, through that, that media. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm a dad. I've got, got two, two daughters. Uh, a uh, husband, yeah. I, I also have a wife, so those those things tend to go hand in hand most of the time. And uh, just just you know, trying to make it all fit together, trying to just trying to be a dad and a husband and a geek, uh, kind of all at the same time. So very cool, very cool. Um, as far as your podcast goes, what's the biggest uh, disappointment that you've had going back and looking at something? Um, man. I would say, I mean, for me personally, um, I know it was it was pretty disappointing to go back and look at this uh, this show Auto Man that I used to watch with my dad when I was a kid. Um, uh-huh. And I mean, it's it's a perfect ex- example of how nostalgia kind of clouds clouds our vision or our memory of things. Um, and I think more so because it was something I did with my dad, and it was something he and I enjoyed together. I always thought it was awesome, and then when we went back and watched episodes of it. I realized that this is it was a not a great show like it was not <laughs> it was not awesome but um but it didn't ruin it for me because you know it's one of those things where I realized that the coolness of it was couched up in in you know the time I spent with my dad um and that that was you know just one of our things um you know and then everybody else has had uh some some pretty disappointing revelations um there's uh the Godzilla cartoon um, mm-hmm. and I can't remember, can't remember if that was a Cliff Haddocks or, or a Brian Kidd. Have you ever, um, that was, that was pretty terrible. Um, and then Cliff got burned pretty hard recently on, uh, you know, I can't remember the name of the show now, but, uh, it was an old, 
kind of uh, along the style of Voltron, you know, team of, of people that come together in their various vehicles type show. Um, that was, I mean, it was really, really terrible. It was just a really bad show. And uh, I, re- I remember you guys talking about that on the show, and yeah. I'm, I vaguely remembered the show, and I kind of remember, yeah, I thought it was good. It sounds like maybe it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's really not. And it was really, it was, it was tough to watch um, Cliff that that kind of unfold in front of Cliff, um, but uh, at the same time, is also very entertaining. So yes, you know, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, and then uh, you know, and then just having a chance to go back and, and visit. Some of the old things that you know we may have forgotten about uh, is is always fun too. Mm-hmm. Um, what areas do you feel like uh, your your geekitude is strong? You have a a, a good knowledge and, and are kind of bordering on the expert there. Oh, okay. Um, uh, well, I'm I'm really I'm heavily into uh, all things Star Wars. Um, so wherever, pretty much whatever they they put Star Wars on. Uh, so whether it was the video games, the books, the movies. Uh, the comic books, you know, band-aids, whatever they put Star Wars on, uh, I, I absorbed, um, uh, quite religiously. Uh, so, so, you know, I would, I would say that's definitely probably my, my strongest area. At least until Disney came through and, and kind of erased most, most of what I knew to be true. Right. Um, and then, like I said, I mean, I'm, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty, uh, you know, casual but avid gamer. Um, I love video games. Uh, I love, you know, I love board games. Uh, one of, one of my things, uh, that I just love to do, especially when, you know, I'm able to get together with friends like Cliff or whatever is, uh, we just sit down and, and geek out over some board games. Uh, usually that result in, in somehow screwing over each other in one way or another. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, uh, I, I really enjoy reading. Um, I, I love to kind of geek out over, over a good book. Unfortunately, uh, all those things I mentioned, you know, being a dad, being a husband, being, you know, employed full time, uh, tend to make that tough. So I found, um, my, my commute is a really good time to, to catch up on that, uh, in the form of audiobooks. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, and, you know, recently rediscovered my local library and, and just, you know, what, what a great resource that is. And, and, uh, you know, I would highly rec- recommend more people go out, support your local library. Uh, cause it's, it's a really cool thing. I mean, those are, those are books on the free. Um, you know, so check that out. But, uh, yeah, it's, I'd say that's, that's pretty much where, where I'm strong in my geek. Very cool. Yeah. I'm an English teacher and a, a drama teacher. And, oh, awesome. uh, and, uh, people don't realize what a great resource libraries still are, mm-hmm. especially because they're trying very hard to keep up with the technology so that they don't fall into obscurity. Yeah. So the stuff you can get online through your local library is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I I mean I just I realized not too long ago our library does a uh, a program you can rent ebooks uh online and and they you know like you said keeping up with the technology there's you know there's apps out there where you can rent these books uh online and and uh the beauty of that is it returns it automatically for you before you start getting into late fees and stuff so um which is always my weakness with the library I I always miss always miss the the due date so but uh we get so busy so yeah yeah uh, you know but uh you know it's it doesn't bother me too much because i mean i'm i'm happy to donate you know i, I mean it's not like library fines are, are crazy so you know yes here's here's a dollar ten for keeping this out five days longer than i should have i'm sorry um exactly but, so. um so you have a bit of a, a commute yeah i um yeah i i i, I live about probably 30 minutes uh, south of 
south of the airport where I work. Um, so I, I spend about an hour on the road each day, uh, round trip. Um, so, you know, just, I've actually gotten away from listening to a lot of music and radio, um, and have, you know, gone into for a while there. It was mostly podcasts. Um, I was a, I was a big fan of all things, uh, frog pants. Um, I kind of, yes. I kind of go in waves. So anything frog pants is great. Um, of course, you know, anything off of, uh, uh, our network is awesome. So, you know, uh, I, I'll, I'll check out the I Remembered It Better podcast usually several weeks after the fact. Um, just, you know, because having been there, I, I like to forget a little bit and then laugh again at, at some of the jokes and, and some of the good times. Um, uh, but podcasts like Death Before Dishonor, uh, or, or Bruce Leslie's Heroes and Villains podcast, um, you know, all awesome stuff. And, uh, and then Cliff recently turned me on to, uh, Something called uh, Tales from the Jungle Cruise, um, and it's cruise spelled C-R-E-W-S, and it's uh, a podcast done by uh, this guy who was originally a skipper on the Jungle Cruise ride uh, at Disney, and then had worked his way up to Imagineer, and he talks about a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff and you know the rides that were being created and, and how under wraps things were. And the things going on kind of behind the scenes. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Disney and, uh, and I, I love, uh, you know, kind of documentary or behind the scenes stuff like that. So I, I'm, I'm pretty excited to start checking that out soon too. Um, and then, uh, I've recently gotten into, um, cause I had to, I had to, you know, take some steps to get healthy and take care of myself. So I've recently gotten into, uh, over the last three months, uh, Muay Thai kickboxing. Oh, very cool. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's very cool. It's, it's uh, one of those things that um, it's it, it's almost like an active meditation thing because I'll go in to uh, to a class with a lot of my mind and it doesn't take long before I'm so focused on trying to do things right so I don't get hurt that it it kind of lets me forget all the stuff that's sitting on top of me which you know it doesn't go away but when I come back to revisit those those problems or those those concerns uh, I get to look at them kind of fresh and new and from a new perspective. And, you know, at the same time, you know, I'm getting in shape. Like I just had a, I had a great physical where all my numbers are, are really good. Um, and so in, in the vein of that, uh, I found, um, there's a podcast called, uh, let's see if I remember this, uh, middle-aged Muay Thai guy, uh, who's, who's <laughs> this dude that lives in Thailand and he, you know, he's, he's about 40 something and decided to get into Muay Thai and, um, and that's, you know, kind of perfect cause you know, I'm, I'm kind of in that, you know, I'm, I'm creeping up on 40 and, uh, I've recently decided to get moved. So it, was, it kind of paralleled up real nice and, uh, you know, a short little kind of 12, 15 minute podcast, just about little aspects of, of getting in Muay Thai kind of late in life. But, um, so that's, uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I fill, fill my commute with is a lot of podcasts and then, and, you know, slipping an audio book here and there. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm about an hour and a half away from my work. Yeah. I have quite the uh, commute, and I find mm. our uh, us commuters are very good at uh, exchanging podcast ideas. <laughs> I have to do something to fill the time. Yeah. What I mean, what what kind of stuff are you listening to? Um, I am listening to my my absolute favorite right now. Though I'm trying to keep up on all my um uh, my regular ones. I listen to to yours. I listen to um, Girls Gone Wild for my Warcraft stuff. Mm. Um. I listen to uh, anything by uh, Garrett Weinzerl, who does a lot of Blizzard game uh, podcasts. 
And then, but you know, I I keep up on those. But then I was introduced uh, on my very first podcast. My guest introduced me to um, Rachel and Miles explain the X Men. Oh, okay. And it is an amazing, amazing uh, podcast. They go through and they start at uh, X Men One, and and just kind of go through and try and make sense of all the continuity and the retcons and kind of give their own commentary on on what characters they like and don't like and they do it in such a fun and snarky way hmm. that it is it is just you just they you go through the episode so fast hmm. so i'm trying to get my way through those but i i won't let myself listen to them until i've caught up with my weekly ones cuz i don't want to fall, fall behind <laughs> on those um what else? I listen to one called um, The Average Geek, which is uh, a group of friends that kind of hang out and talk about just all the geeky stuff they're doing over the, the course of the week. Um, those are the big ones right now. I kind of go in phases where I'll listen to a lot of gaming podcasts, mm-hmm. and then I'll switch over to a lot of geeky podcasts, and you know, just whatever happens to be floating around at the time. Yeah. Cool. Um, so what areas of your geekitude do you feel are kind of low? Areas where people are like, oh yeah, you're a geek, you should like this, and you're like, eh, not really. Yeah, um, I don't know, I, that's, that's, uh, that's kind of an interesting question, and, uh, I think an interesting situation, because I think we find so many, so many times we're conversing or hanging out with other geeks, and somebody will ta- start talking about something, and at some point you or, or someone has to admit, like, I, I, I'm not too familiar with that. I have no idea. And, and inevitably, there's always the, oh my god, you don't watch Battlestar Galactica? How mm-hmm. how could you not? And I mean, the thing is, is you know, there there are you know, exactly 24 hours, you know, give or take, uh, in a day. Um, and we've all got other things to do as well as the things we're really into. So uh, I think we, as as geeks, kind of need to go easy on each other in those situations and and not not uh, get too down on someone just because they're. Uh, not up on all the exact same geek stuff we are. That's that's the beauty of this nerd culture is that uh, we can share. And, you know, I've always found things that, you know, in those situations, I'm like, I, you know, uh, years ago, it was Doctor Who. Uh, I, I was mm. like, I, I don't know too much about Doctor Who. And, you know, Cliff kind of turned me on to that. And, and I got to the point where, you know, I caught up on, on it uh, through Netflix and online and stuff. And, you know, Doctor Who's super awesome. I, I love it. Um, you know, so, so stuff like that. But, uh, uh, I mean, I would say like, uh, some of the, so, I mean, some of the things like, uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica, um, are, you know, kind of, kind of escape me or, or Farscape's another one that comes up a lot that I'm like, I just, I, I don't know anything about it. And honestly, I don't have, uh, have a ton of time. And then, um, I've kind of intentionally separated myself from, from some things like, uh, uh, pretty much, uh, MMOs in general, uh, especially, especially Blizzard. And it's, it's not the, mm-hmm. it's not the personal Blizzard. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, for one, it was a huge time sink. Like I, I used to play WoW all the time and it, it was just a massive time sink. And, um, I just, I didn't feel like I was putting, I had enough time to put into it to like maintain a certain level of, of, uh, of interest. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with with the rating, and you know, I tried to get into rating, and just was never very successful with it, and it just seemed like a really difficult thing to break into, and uh, you know, just one of those things where eventually I just I was like, you know, this is 
I'm, I'm, my interest is fading and, but every month I'm spending the money and I just don't have the time. And so I just, I kind of made a clean break, put myself into wow recovery. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and just kind of, kind of got back on my feet and, um, you know, I've dabbled in a few other things. I played, uh, I played the Star Wars MMO for a while, but, uh, um, again, time kind of gets in the way and, and, uh, you know, that, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I would say, I would definitely say like, you know, especially the MMO stuff and, and all things Blizzard when Jules and Cliff start in on Heroes of the Storm and, you know, and some, you know, all the other things they've been doing in the week, I, I kind of tend to zone out a little bit because I've got no idea, you know, but, uh, I mean, it's, you know, like I said, it's cool. Everybody's got their thing. So, you know, I'm not down on Blizzard. It's just, it's just not for me. Right. Well, there's, as you said, there's only so many time, so much time in the day. Mm. And uh, we, we can't be a geek about everything. Otherwise, we would really we wouldn't be able to afford the things yeah. we love because we wouldn't have a job. Yeah, it's not it's not necessarily a cheap hobby. So, no, it's not. Yeah. Um, any special projects you got going on right now? Anything you're working on? Uh, yeah, little uh, small projects. Like again, you know, time being a factor, I like to do things that I can pick up for a little while and put down and then come back to later on. So, um, we had talked on uh. And I remembered it better about, um, I think he goes by, uh, the King of Random on YouTube, uh, had put up some, some cool, like homemade videos, how, how, how to make, you know, this, uh, some stuff. And one of those things was this aluminum can forge, uh, where, um, you basically could melt down the aluminum out of aluminum cans and, and use it for various projects and that kind of thing. So, uh, I, I worked on and, and built that, uh, I guess it's actually the uh, like a foundry to melt down aluminum cans and then and then cast aluminum ingots. Um, I haven't actually gotten to uh, making anything yet because I've just it, first step was I collected a massive amount of aluminum cans. Uh, there's a guy who works for me that lives off of Diet Coke, and I had asked him. I was like, hey, just do me a favor, just you know set your Diet Coke cans aside, and I'll take those home each week uh, to use for this project I'm doing. And I didn't realize, but like that that easily netted me about a hundred cans a week. Um, oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I eventually had to tell him, okay, go just go ahead and start throwing those out again. Cause I'm all set. My wife told me if I bring home another giant garbage bag full of aluminum cans, uh, I, I'd be looking to get my own place. So, <laughs> uh, so that's, I mean, that's cool. Like I've, I've played around with that a little bit, uh, different ways to kind of, uh, just experimenting with heat control and, and, you know, efficiency, uh, heat efficiency and that sort of thing. So, um, and then I've, I've got a couple projects in mind that uh, I want to work on, uh, with that. Um, if, uh, you, if you've listened to the show, you've heard, you know, Cliff and I, uh, and the families meet up every year for Dragon Con and, you know, we like to, we, we kind of dabble in cosplay. Uh, and, and one of our favorite things to do as a group, um, you know, the, the, the four of us, uh, is we like to go to the Harry Potter, the Yule Ball as, uh, as Death Eaters. Uh-huh. So we've, you know, we've got our Death Eater masks that we've made from, you know, craft mask supplies. But uh, we thought it'd be really cool, you know, with this project if we could make, you know, actual, you know, metal aluminum masks to, you know, to wear as Death Eaters. So um, once uh, once I get everything operating real well, that's probably one of the first things I want to work on with that. That's pretty awesome. It's gonna, look, I bet it's gonna look pretty pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm 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 hoping so. Very cool. Um... Do you have is would you say that Star Wars is your favorite fandom? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely. I mean, I, th- I think it's, you know, I think they're all great. I think there's all kinds of things that that are awesome. 
Um, you know, whatever you're into, like be into it. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You know, even if you want to be a brony, man, be a brony. Uh, not for me, but you do you. But for me, yeah. it's, it's Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I, uh, like I said, I mean, they, it, that's my crack. Like they've slapped Star Wars on it and, you know, and I'll, I'll get it. And, uh, I think the, the biggest mistake my parents made was, was not, you know, etching Star Wars on my vegetables or, well, that sort of thing, because I would have, yeah, I mean, I would have been the king of vegetables. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and everybody, you know, uh, my family, my friends, they all know this. So it's, I'm the easiest person to, uh, you know, birthday shop for, because they just have to go out and find something that says Star Wars and, and, uh, I'll be super excited about it. So definitely, definitely my favorite fandom. Awesome. Now you're pretty, you're pretty, uh, vocal about, uh, your geekiness, but do you have any of those things that you kind of are hesitant to admit to any guilty pleasures? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I would say, um, I mean, one that I don't feel too bad about, but I don't talk about too often is, uh, I love, I love some survival TV, uh, whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, naked and afraid or live free, live free or die, Alaskan bush people, just like these kind of real life looks at people that are kind of, you know, off the grid, um, or, uh, or, or at least finding ways to kind of supplement, uh, you know, their daily life with, with something they've done themselves. I think that's kind of awesome. Um, up recycling and that kind of thing. Uh, and then one that I guess would definitely qualify as guilty pleasure that I, I, I don't overly share, um, is, uh, and I hate to admit it, but I, I really like Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I didn't mean to. It was one of those things that, like, I was with everyone else. I was like, Taylor Swift, pop music, whatever. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, uh, Shake It Off will come on the radio or something. I'll just be mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, singing along and realize that my car doesn't make me invisible and other people can see me. But, uh, <laughs> you know, is is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, she, I think she's a talented artist. I think she's smart. She brings in... Uh, guests and other artists to to appear with her and stuff that kind of uh, bridge bridge gaps in in different genres or whatever so um you know yeah nothing to be ashamed of there cuz <laughs> I, I have a I have a, a former student who was or I'm sure still is a huge uh Taylor Swift fan and uh and so it was like you you could not be around her and not be fully exposed to not just the music but just her passion for it right so i have to say i i i do agree she's a she's a pretty remarkable uh, artist yeah well very cool well thank you for uh sharing your geekiness with us yeah, this morning definitely. appreciate it uh so we're going to talk about what we did this week and how we kept it geeky um i had uh my my kids fall production this week. In fact, I'm I'm going to do the last show tonight. So we are uh we were in the middle of hell week this week. Mm. So my my time to geek out was a little bit limited, but uh I did uh my husband and I picked up uh new iPhones this oh, week. Oh cool. Yeah, we he got the the 6S, I got the 6S plus. Mm. And uh we we both had just Oh yeah. Well, I don't do a lot of um a lot of gaming on my phone, but I do do uh, Hearthstone, mm-hmm. and uh, listening to your podcast, Cliff got me into uh, Contest of Champions. Okay. So, uh, so I, I do have a couple of things, and the bigger screen's certainly nice. But uh, I'm on my phone all the time. It's it's not something I'm proud of, <laughs> but uh, but I figure the bigger screen kind of helps out with a lot of that. 
we just ran out of we ran out of memory is what it was. Uh-huh. And so we were kind of like, all right, we got to get a bigger phone because yeah. we can't we can't update anything. Right. And then because I knew we were going to be talking about Star Wars this week, uh, a colleague of mine let me borrow his Star Wars Shattered Empire comics because he oh, said cool. that they were kind of. Um, Kind of a bridge between the movies. I don't know how much of a bridge they were because I just finished them, but uh, but it was kind of neat. I, I've never read a Star Wars comic. I'm, I usually tend to do the superhero stuff, yep. but I I think now that they're going to be pr- putting out a lot more of that, um, and it's going to be tying into the movies. I think I might be uh, might be getting sucked in. So yeah, no, there's actually um, I was reading an article on uh, on a couple of the ways that the the Shattered Empire stuff ties into the new movie. Um, and probably the, the first, the biggest one is the character, uh, Poe Dameron. I think I'm saying that right. Um, actually he himself makes a brief, brief appearance as a child in the Shattered Empire stuff. And then the, it largely centers around, uh, the exploits of, uh, his mother, Shara Bay, um, Mm -hmm. is is Poe Dameron's, uh, uh, mom. Um, you know, and then there's... Uh, there's a couple of things in there, you know, without getting too spoilery, but uh, Luke uh, Luke picks up a gardening habit uh, that I yes. think is going to play into, um, I guess, two aspects of the movie. What What is Luke doing? And again, how this uh, actually affects Poe, um, because it, it, it will, I think it's one of the last frames of, of the, the fourth issue. Uh, I think that's right. It's a four-part series, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, one of the last frames, you know, uh, Poe, you, you kind of see how Poe is going to be or could be directly affected by uh, by this uh, green thumb that Luke's suddenly sprouted, um, mm-hmm. and then and then there's you know a few other things you know why after all this time why is the war still going on um, you know you kind of get this glimpse into the fact that uh, the Imperials are are going to treat this you know death of the Emperor as propaganda and eventually you know which leads us to what we've seen in in some of the trailers and stuff about how uh, uh, you know the the rebel propaganda the um, death of the emperor the Jedi the Force it's all you know, uh, urban legend kind of stuff uh, mm-hmm. so they they tend to push that away um, and then we get kind of it's a, it's a very brief thing I don't know if you remember this this glimpse or kind of throwback to Darth Maul um, yes. for just a second uh, which I don't know I think I think could possibly play some kind of future role in things. Um, because like we said, I mean, Disney has, they bought Lucasfilm and they've kind of wiped out the expanded universe, uh, books. But, um, the Clone Wars animated movie, TV series, and the Rebels TV show are all part of the canon now. So six movies and those things. And, and Darth Maul comes back in, in the, uh, Clone Wars animated series. So, uh, he could still be around. And, you know, we get a glimpse of that in, in Shattered Empire. Yeah, yeah, Leia has a little bit of a, a vision. Um, how about you? Anything you did geeky this week? Um, let's see. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I was, a, I was a little bit geeky this week. I, I, my geek usually, uh, kind of waits for the weekends, but, um, some things I'm doing now, uh, I, I worked my way through the Jessica Jones series, um, on Netflix, which was fantastic. Um, if you saw Daredevil and you liked it, uh, you know, you're going to love Jessica Jones. 
Um, yeah, I think we're on uh, four or five. Yeah, we, you know, I think that's going to be one of the things we hit this week when uh, my show's done. I have a little bit more of the the evenings free. Nice. Are you enjoying it so far? Oh, I love it. I love it. I think it's completely different than anything that's been on TV for quite a while. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's cool. I mean it's a good. I don't. I like my worlds. You know, gritty and lived in. And Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. Daredevil, those were definitely you know the grittier, dirtier, very lived in worlds. Um, so that uh, that that was cool. You know, finished that up recently. Uh, uh, oh, I'm always you know looking for ways to kind of progress and train train my my daughters up in in the ways of of the nerd and mm-hmm. um right now my my oldest is really into minecraft so you know we we get together we we like to play that together and we'll sit down and i mean we'll we'll just blow hours on on minecraft on a, any given saturday so um that that's always and it's and she amazes me by uh you know telling me stuff you know she's you know reminding me like oh this this is how you do this or this is you know what this you know this does and i'm just like that's so great and that's so great um and then uh i like to uh i get together about once to try and get together about once a week with some uh uh rpg friends of mine we sit down and do some sort of like tabletop gaming um right now we're playing uh the dark heresy uh warhammer 40k role-playing stuff um you know and uh, really enjoying that again very gritty very lived in uh dirty world um you know, the Inquisition and the Empire of Man and, uh, you know, Space Marines, all kinds of great stuff in there. Uh, it's, it's one of those places, it's one of those games or genres or fandoms, uh, that I really think has, has something, something for everyone. You know, you can find something that I think everybody's into and there's, uh, um, some really cool stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's about it for me though. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I always, one of my favorite parts of, uh, I remembered it better is when you talk about how you're, uh, introducing your your daughters to the to the things that you love it's kind of fun to hear and and hear their reaction to it and it's very cool yeah yeah no it's it's a good way for us to you know kind of do the things we enjoy and spend time together and stuff because i mean that's for me that's what a lot of it's about i mean it's it's the reason why i don't have a lot of time because i'm very conscious of you know um i i have a certain amount of time allotted to me to spend with these these kids before they go and grow up and do their own thing and stuff and uh you know try try and make it all count you know and get as much of it in as i can yeah very cool all right let's move on to some news and more this week it's more just kind of interesting tidbits that happened throughout the week it wasn't really news um did you see the uh good the good morning america interview with carrie fisher i i did i thought it was fantastic Oh, she's she's hilarious. Oh no, I I I love I love Carrie Fisher. I think she's I think she's great. I think she's got um, a very interesting. It seems like she. I mean, I'd really like to hear her talk more about it. I think she has a very unique perspective on the reality of who she is and her role in Hollywood and what stars you know and actors really are. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she's she's kind of tongue in cheek about it, and uh, uh, I don't know. She's she seems to have. Uh, almost a reality to her um, that I think is very cool. Yeah, I I can't help but wonder when I watch her how much of it is just genuinely her, and how much of it is kind of a persona she's creating. And I I tend to think it's the 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 first one. I think it it tends to be just she's that's authentically her. Mm-hmm. But it's sometimes kind of hard to tell. It's kind of like, are you just like, is this a show? Is this, is this, 
a persona that you've created, or are you just kind of that eccentric and out there? Yeah. Well, we uh, we had a chance to see her when we were at DragonCon a few years back. Um, she was there and did a panel, and it's one of those things that you you lined up for very early, and uh, and then you know just hope that you were there early enough. And we you know were fortunate enough we got in. Um, Got to sit down and listen. She talked about, you know, just kind of her life and her experiences and um, uh, just her her issues dealing with uh, uh, bipolar and uh, drug drug problems and this and that. And, and her book, which I haven't had a chance to read, but I've heard is is great, um, you know. And uh, and she's uh, she's got a little bit of a potty mouth, um, mm-hmm. you know. Which, uh, <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, uh, okay. But, uh, in those situations, those panels, the room is often dark. And if you, you're on the panel, you don't, you can't really see your audience too well. So she's just, you know, she's just being Carrie. She's just keeping it real, being Carrie Fisher. And they start doing, you know, and she's dropping F-bombs here and there. And, and they get to the Q&A portion. Like one of the first people to ask a question was this tiny little girl who at wants to ask her something about being Princess Leia, and you can just see this moment wash over uh, Carrie, where she realizes there have been children in here this whole time. Uh, she calls the audience out, like, why didn't you tell me there were kids in here? Uh, you know, and, and <laughs> apologizes, and, and, you know, that kind of thing. But um, uh, And then again, Cliff actually had to take his daughter out. Uh, she was getting fussy. She was real little at the time, starting to cry, and and uh-huh. as he's taking her out, you know, Carrie again revisits the, you know, ah, there's children in here. Like, look what I, I made that one cry, you know, all this <laughs> stuff. So, uh, she's, she seems like re- a, just a really funny, really funny person to be around. Uh, I kind of, I kind of wouldn't mind like going out, maybe grabbing drinks, hanging out. Like, seems like that, the kind of person you have like a crazy night with. Like, you know, oh man, me and Carrie ended up like in Canada with nothing but <laughs> 60 pesos and a goat, and, you know. <laughs> It's true. She just has that. She has that that kind of presence of if we hung out together, it, there we couldn't do it without story after story because yeah. she is just hilarious. Yeah. So I'll put links to that in the the show notes, and uh, you, you have to check it out because she has her. Uh, I don't remember who was interviewing her, but she would barely do it because she was laughing so hard. Yeah, no, it, it was great. It's uh, definitely worth a watch. And then uh, Norman Reedus uh, has uh, responded to an incident that happened at uh, a comic convention. He apparently was bit by a fan. Yeah, when did... Uh, I mean, we, we talked about this uh, briefly Thursday night on I Remembered It Better, and I'm just... I'm kind of blown away, like... Uh, like, he comes out with this announcement, you know, and he's very cool about it. Like, hey, you know, because I think originally he had posted a, a promo shot uh, wearing a shir- uh, shirt, real ratty T-shirt, it said "Bite Me," mm-hmm. and then he came back out, same same promo shot, but he had photoshopped "Please Don't" uh, across the top, so now it reads "Please Don't Bite Me." Uh huh. And I'm just kind of kind of confused, like at what point after kindergarten did we start thinking it was okay to bite people again? Um, you know, Cliff talks a little bit about fan etiquette, and that's uh, that's the, something we need to keep in mind when we do meet, you know. Uh, our heroes, our stars, or anybody you know that we're, we're kind of amazed or interested in, you know, is that remember they are people too, right? Uh, you know, just like you and I, and, and the same boundaries should exist. But I, I mean, I think that goes beyond fan etiquette. I think we're just like in, you know, be a normal person realm here. Like, don't, don't bite people. It's not, <laughs> I, 
it's like kindergarten 101. It's like first day, like maybe even earlier than that. Like you just don't bite people. Like yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm sure they start laying the groundwork in like preschools and daycares where you know it's like now we we don't bite, you know, and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I, I unless you find somebody who's you know famous in the zombie genre, then it's okay. So <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that was not included in my training. <laughs> Um, yeah, it just, it's, I, I'm, I'm both astonished by the incident and, and by his response to it. He, mm. he seems like he takes his, his stardom in stride. <laughs> Every interview I've seen with him has been very, oh yeah, it's cool, whatever happens, you know, he's in for it as far as the show goes, and, and this is just another thing in a long string of, uh, events that have happened to him that he's just kind of like, eh, it happens we move on yeah i mean i've heard and you know being down here <clears throat> in uh just south of atlanta uh you know where things like the walking dead are being filmed and now we've got uh pinewood studios uh civil war is you know they're working on civil war down here uh mm-hmm. you know a couple other things and and i've got friends and family that work in uh several of the small like uh bars and pubs around town and, you know, so I'll hear from someone like, hey, you know, uh, you need, need to get down to Tavern because uh, Paul Rudd's down here buying drinks for everybody. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm like, ah, oh, geez, man, how fast can I get down to Tavern? But, uh, and, you know, Norman, Norman Reedus is one of them who would show up at a place uh, my, my cousin used to work at. It's right there in Sonoya, um, like literally on the street that they used to film a lot of the, um, oh, what was that town in like the second second or third season of Walking Dead? Um, uh, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember the name of the town now. But it was actually the setting of the town. Like this downtown Sonoya was what they used uh, for a lot of the outside shots. And and um, there's a place down there called uh, it's an Irish pub called McGuire's. Uh, and you know the the cast would frequent there. And and uh, you know you'd always hear about you know uh, how everybody's really cool, really chill. Uh, Norman Reedus, you know, one of them was always would you know you'd take time to shake some hands and hang out with some folks and stuff, even though he's just, you know, he's a guy like you and me just trying to grab a bite to eat or something. So, right. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's really cool. Really cool. When, uh, somebody can kind of, uh, be chill about their celebrity like that and, and understand that, you know, that kind of, while we, sh- again, we shouldn't bite people mm-hmm. unless they're into it, man. That's what two consenting adults <laughs> do. That's, you know, that's them. You do you. But yeah. yeah, I mean, we don't just walk up and bite someone. Uh, but at the same time, understanding that part of being a celebrity is, you know, you're kind of outside of some of the social norms, um, you know, and to be cool about that, I think is, is always awesome to see. Yeah. So that's, that was kind of a, an interesting tidbit. Um, and, uh, we just seem to be all about celebrities this week, which is not usually what we have here, but Stephen Colbert also made the news this week because, um, his love for uh, for Tolkien has uh, possibly saved a person's life in Turkey. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Um, that's that's pretty crazy. If you haven't heard this story, check it out. I think we tend to forget um, how fortunate uh, we are, for the most part, as far as our, our rights and our civil liberties, um, to to be able to have commentary on like our political leaders and stuff, which is not a, not a luxury they have in Turkey. And, uh, this poor guy, uh, made a, a very astute observation comparing, uh, the Turkish, was it the Turkish, uh, president or prime minister? Um, 
the president. He's yeah. the president to to Gollum, mm-hmm. and uh, now he's he's. I mean, I guess they're essentially treating it as like kind of a treasonous thing. Yeah, it's it's a little scary, and uh, they were looking for a, a a Tolkien expert to kind of comment on and and provide a defense. And so basically, Stephen Colbert went on his show and was like, "Well, you know the." What what it was was a meme of pictures of the president paired up next to pictures of Gollum and, you know, his different expressions. And uh, Stephen Colbert's comment was, well, all the pictures they used were of Smeagol, which is the good Gollum. Mm-hmm. And so really it's not um, – it's not insulting at all. It's it's you know it's the one that we like. It's not the one that's kind of evil and and twisted. Don't know that that's going to get them very far, yeah. but you know it's it's definitely a uh, an interesting situation. Yeah, and I think a good reminder for us. I mean, we uh, you know in this country we you know we're still I think struggling to to really live up to that uh, you know all persons created equally sort of sort of thing um and uh i guess i mean if you look at the headlines you could really dispute whether or not you know we're taking several steps back <coughs> donald trump um <laughs> or you know or what but uh you know uh it's elsewhere in the world it's uh it's just it's not the same situation we you know um i think we might we might take that for granted so as as, as unfortunate and and even kind of scary as that situation is, I think it serves as a good reminder for us. Um, and then on a lighter note, a good reminder that there was more to Tolkien than The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Um, I like uh, Colbert's comment that, you know, uh, he talks about, uh, you know, the the fire at the center of the universe and singing the world into existence just from chapter one of the Silmarillion, the one nobody reads, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is kind of funny. I mean, I, I try to sit, I, I mean, I like, I really like Tolkien. I think it's a uh a cool um it's it's just a cool thing that he created where uh so much depth and uh you know so many notes and and he he built this he didn't just write a story but he built this world around which you know the story takes place. Um and uh you know the Silmarillion is not an easy read. Like that's some that's some tough that's you know some really dry stuff uh, mm-hmm. but uh you know I sat down because it serves as the backstory and the background to so much of of the Lord of the Rings stuff i you know i I made a go at it I got probably about halfway through I was just sorry no, i'm I'm out <laughs> I tried well, he's not just a storyteller he's he's a world builder like yeah. it it is i think from him as much about creating the the space that his characters live in as it is the the stories that they involve themselves in and and it is pretty impressive especially when you look at how much of fantasy culture his books have influenced mm-hmm. i mean he's basically like he's he's the beginning of it all in a lot of a lot of ways a lot of what he did is what what kind of everything else feeds off of yeah, I mean it set, it sets the background for all you know all sorts of things that you know uh, Dungeons and Dragons and and all sorts of uh, you know uh, if you're a fan of the Forgotten Realms or this and that I mean a lot of the quote unquote rules that we center around the various fantasy races like dwarves and elves and you know so forth uh, orcs and all that jazz um, you know that a lot of that groundwork you know laid by Tolkien uh, 
Um, it's un- it's unfortunate in my mind that he didn't like dwarves uh, more than he did. Obviously, he, mm-hmm. you know, that man loves his elves. Uh, right. You know, they're definitely the heroes of his books. But uh, I kind of wish, uh, kind of wish he'd, he thought dwarves were a little cooler than he did. I I think you know dwarves are are where it's at. But uh, I think my biggest complaint is that uh, you know you've got the Hobbit and you've got these uh, what, you know. 11, 12 dwarves that set off on this adventure and they don't bring like any kind of weapon with them. It's only like chapters later when they find weapons that they're finally armed. They all brought lutes and drums and, you know, I think one of them had a triangle or something to play, but, Mm -hmm. uh, no one, no one brought, uh, a sword. Um, might have been a little bit of an oversight. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're gonna, <laughs> it's something you would want to pack on your way in. You're taking back the 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 kingdom under the mountain, man. You know, you know that you're gonna have to deal with the dragon. Uh, you know, uh, grab a spoon or something, like at least <laughs> something, some blunt instrument, <laughs> something, something. anything. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we hope we'll, you know, if we hear anything more about this, we'll pass it on. But you know, hopefully everything works out. And it's it's scary that there are still places in this world that. You know, you can get in trouble for just posting a picture. Yeah. But uh, you know, it it does it does establish a little perspective, which I think we tend to forget. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, I couldn't help but think of uh, uh, Jules with this little <laughs> last tidbit because uh, you guys have talked quite a bit about how much you, um, how much Jules was just very disappointed in. Um, the direction they took the new gem film. Yeah. And so on January 19th, when the DVD for that film is supposed to release, there is a group called Creature. They have a whole thing on YouTube. And they are going to start a crowdfunding campaign to raise money to create a fan film version of Gem and uh, make it the right way. Yeah, I think this is, and one of the first things I did when when I saw this was I I went ahead and shared it over to Jules so that she was aware, um, mm-hmm. because she was so disappointed with uh, what mainstream Hollywood did to this thing she loved, which is a perfect example of you know what we what we do over at IRF better uh, is is also watch for things that are uh, being you know dredged up from the the deep minds of our childhood to either be you know brought shining into the light or just destroyed. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was the, clearly the case here for, for her. Um, so, uh, so I made sure she, she knew there was a, a light at the end of the tunnel, uh, with respect to her, her, her love for gem. And uh, I think, I think it's great. Um, because, uh, when, when fans, when fans do things, uh, they do things for other fans, you know, it's going to, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be truer to what, uh, fans of Jim and the holograms wanted uh, to see in this movie. Um, and, you know, it shouldn't be too tough. Uh, they've got a really good example of what not to do. So, yes, exactly. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that. I think that's great. I think it's, you know, uh, stuff like this. And then, you know, more important things like, uh, you know, bringing back reading rainbow and some of the other things that have happened. Uh, it's just a great example of what you could do with crowdfunding. Um, which is, uh, you know, really kind of, kind of a new innovative thing in, into, uh, into our culture. I think, you know, we're seeing a lot of good use out of it. So, uh, I've got high hopes for it. I'm, I'm looking forward to what they're going to set up and, you know, see what their goal is going to be. But, 
I mean, crowdfunding brought us, you know, such greats as Kung Fury, which is mm-hmm. amazing. Um, so I'm, I'm, uh, hopefully and, or I'm hopeful and optimistic. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot invested in Gem as a as a franchise. Right. It's not necessarily my my fandom, mm-hmm. but uh, I think if it does well, and I'm I'm hoping it it does, I'm hoping it pulls in in a good amount. I think it just kind of sends a message to the last holdouts in the industry that you know if you're true to the property and you treat it with respect, you're you're going to go a lot further than if you kind of just try and co-opt the the property for your own purposes. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of companies you can see doing that. I mean, I think while it's a shame that Disney wiped away a lot of the um, extended universe, you can also tell that they're trying to kind of treat the whole thing with respect. Yeah. Like they do realize that what they have there and they don't want to mess it up. And I think they do the same thing with Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you do have more people like uh, more fans like J.J. Abrams for for Star Wars and Star Trek. And you have... Um, Duncan Jones for Warcraft, who are fans of the franchise to begin with, and and they're just going to treat the property with more respect and more um, reverence. Yeah. So you're going to get a better product. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, if the, well, if there's especially you know companies like Disney. If there's anybody that knows how to make money, and you know it's it's Disney, and they they don't do it just by gouging prices and that kind of thing. I mean, uh, you you go down to Disney World. Uh, you know, here on on the East Coast uh, in Orlando or over on your end uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in Anaheim, um, and it's you know it's not it's not the cheapest thing you could spend a day doing. Uh, and right. people love to complain like, oh, the cost of food at these places, and you know this is how they get you. But I mean, really take a step back and look at how the theme park's a really good example of how like the operations of that place and how it runs. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's, I mean, they are just, they're spot on. Like we took for, you know, I'd gone a lot as a kid. Uh, in fact, I went so much that as I start, you know, as I kind of reached into adulthood, I didn't really have much of a desire to go on my own until my daughters were of an age that, you know, we decided they, they would probably enjoy it. And we opted to take them down one year and it was such an amazing experience. And like I said, I mean, Disney hasn't changed that much. But to re-experience it through uh, the eyes of my children and you know their their experiences was fantastic, and it was it was very moving and quite honestly very emotional for me. Um, to the point where when that trip was over, I was almost kind of heartbroken to come back to the real world. Mm-hmm. But uh, you see things like uh, um, you know, especially in the spring summertime, Orlando is notorious for getting like these little pop-up rain showers. So, right. you know, sure enough, we're there, rains for a couple hours in the afternoon. So we kind of hung out, uh, ducked into a few, ducked in, had some lunch, snuck over to Pirates of the Caribbean, which is conveniently set up to just almost let out inside where you could slip back into line and be in, mm-hmm. in kind of indoors the whole time. Uh, and it was really, uh, really impressive to see that like the second the last drop of rain fell, uh, Disney had staff out there. Wiping down benches and garbage cans, tables, squeegeeing the sidewalks and and little streets into into storm drains, and to be honest, there wasn't a drop of water to be had anywhere. Uh, so you're not wow. you're not walking through getting your you know if you're wearing sandals, getting your feet wet. You're not sitting in puddles, any of that stuff. I mean, it it looked as clean as fresh as as that morning when the park had opened. And they run such a tight operation, and they're really big on customer service. And yes, they will, they will charge you 
uh, a fair amount, but I think the product you get uh, is, you know, is very fair and very, you know, very telling for how they care about customers and stuff. And and nothing is more paints that picture more vividly than when you leave Disney and you you pull out of Orlando and your first stop is like the first McDonald's you see to grab lunch. Uh, and it's a very different story there, um, you know, so, uh, it, it gives me a lot of faith in things like Marvel, uh, the Marvel movies and, and Star Wars that Disney knows how to take care of their fans. They know how to take care of their customers. They paid a lot of money for Lucasfilm. Um, and they're going to make sure they see a return on that. So they're, they're going to do things and, and put stuff out for the fans and knowing that, you know, the, you know, the fans make or break the success of anything. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very optimistic. I'm, I'm almost certain, you know, we're not going to be disappointed. Yeah. And that's a perfect segue into the whole reason why I have you on today. And we've, we've kind of danced around it, but, um, I wanted to going into the movie next weekend, uh, have a little bit of background because I am I am a six movie person mm-hmm. uh, like that is my that is my Star Wars knowledge and um, from from hearing you on your show I'm like this is a guy who knows his Star Wars backwards mm-hmm. and forwards and so I was hoping that you could uh, kind of fill in any gaps we might have going into this movie any things that you know those of us who have only seen the six movies um, might not know or might be missing going in and and you know, just to kind of fill it in so we're not confused as far as we jump in. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but, you know, when, when Disney took over, uh, one of the things they did was was to kind of wipe wipe the expanded universe and say, you know, and it's it's even been rebranded as the Star Wars Legends, um, you know, material. Mm-hmm. And, and that stuff is no longer is no longer considered canon. Um, and it, I mean, to be fair, it was only kind of barely canon, uh, when Lucas was in control of it. Um, cause he was happy to let all, you know, other authors and stuff, uh, play with his toys, but, uh, he was kind of specific on, uh, certain things having certain levels of canon. Um, like anything he was directly involved in was, you know, was, was biblical as far as Star Wars is concerned. And right. then from there you could expand out to, you know, uh, some stuff that was, you know, uh, slightly less hard and fast, you know, true, true to the Star Wars galaxy. Um, and I remember being really, I mean, I talked about like it was so long ago, um, but, you know, being pretty disappointed because I had spent, uh, several decades absorbing expanded universe material. And I remember, uh, when I was a kid, the first expanded uh, not, uh, universe novel that I got my hands on, because there had been a, a few things set in between the movies, but the first thing I read was the uh, the Zahn trilogy um, about uh, about Thrawn, the you know mm-hmm. um, that Timothy Zahn put out, uh, starting with Heir to the Empire, um, and uh, I mean I, st- I still have those books. In fact, I, I have every Star Wars book that I had picked up somewhere and read, and I keep them on my shelves in chronological order, uh, <laughs> you know, so going in there, readjusting things as new stuff comes out. But, um, so for, for Disney to kind of go through that and kind of wipe it out at, at first, you know, was kind of a, almost a feeling of betrayal. Like, you know, I, I spent so much time 
learning this and now it, it's almost for naught because mm-hmm. um because it's it's not necessarily going to play into into the new stuff but um i don't know I, I think at the same time i don't i don't think disney had much of much of a choice because there was so much material um that if they tried to play inside those lines they were going to have a really tough time uh keeping everything straight uh, mm-hmm. because as fans we're you know fans and geeks are very good about pointing out um you know where where the plot holes or the, or the you know somebody gets something wrong in like we all have that moment where we turn into comic book guy from the simpsons where it's like nah, right. ah, ah this is the you know <laughs> and that and then over here this thing is going on so uh you know to to be fair to disney for them to have a shot at this thing um and to be able to put something out without us jumping down their throats for getting the color of some guy's rank insignia wrong. Uh, they, they almost had no choice, but to just wipe the slate clean and say, we're going to start over. Um, you know, it's also very smart from a, a creativity point of view where now they can, they can rewrite, literally rewrite history in a lot of cases, uh, almost any way they want to. So mm-hmm. a lot of things we've taken for, for granted that, you know, Han and Leia get together, you know, after return of the Jedi and, and, you know, they're a couple and they have a family and, you know, all this good stuff. Um, you know, we're going into The Force Awakens with that not necessarily being the case. You know, Han and Leia, right. you know, they might have had uh, made a go of it. Something just didn't work out. You know, she's she's definitely a career woman and he's a guy with some uh, some, you know, uh, issues with authority. So that uh, that relationship might be doomed to fail. Um, right. So, so who knows? You know, do they finally reconnect here in Force Awakens? Is this the first time they've seen each other in years? Um, you know, uh, who's made it? What's you know? In the expanded universe, Luke Skywalker goes on to basically become the Yoda of the Star Wars galaxy. He rebuilds the Jedi Order. He's the Grand Master of the of the Order, and and you know saves the galaxy countless times over. Uh, which is all well and good. Um, I've been fairly vocal whenever I'm given the chance uh, to talk about how much of a wiener I think Luke Skywalker really is. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a big fan of it. And for a long time, uh, I accidentally and unintentionally carried that hate over to Mark Hamill uh, until I realized that, like, I actually really like Mark Hamill. He's he's yeah. my Joker. Um, he's you know he's done a lot of great things, um, and I. I think he's 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 a very cool actor and 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 voice artist, but uh, Luke Skywalker, uh, I mean, really, if you think about it, that guy got like a couple weeks of of Jedi summer camp as far as training, um, and is in no way qualified to 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 rebuild any kind of Jedi order. Um, right. So one of the things I'm hoping to get out of Disney's rewrite of everything is uh, somehow kind of readdressing that issue and uh, kind of correcting this thing for me and, and making Luke Skywalker uh, the hero I feel like he he could be or should be. But, um, I mean, honestly, there's not a whole lot out there for any of us going into into Episode 7 um, as far as being prepared or whatever. I mean, uh, I would definitely, I mean, time's running out, but I would definitely check out Shattered Empire uh, like you, you were talking about earlier. That's going to set the stage for for some things um and then uh i recently read the book aftermath 
Um, and I forget the author's name now, but it's, it's pretty easy to find online. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> which is one of the first new expanded universe books to come out. Um, you know, and it, it, it picks up right, right there where Return of the Jedi leaves off and kind of sets the stage for some things. I think we can look for, uh, for one, you know, we know the fight's still going on. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that kind of makes sense. I mean, if you figure, you know, yeah, we took out another Death Star, we killed, you know, the Emperor, we killed one, one political, you know, granted the highest political leader, but, you know, him and, and several henchmen. But at the same time, I mean, the Empire was a galaxy spanning government, so. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. So to, I mean, uh, you gotta figure, you know, even if our own, in our own government, if you were to take out one leader, uh, you haven't, you haven't crumb, I mean, cause there's, there's definitely a, a system set up, uh, you know, prepared for that. And we kind of see that a little bit in, uh, Shattered Empire. Uh, Palpatine had some contingency plan called Operation Cinder in place, uh, basically to, uh, to try and, you know, burn out, uh, this rebellion, even, you know, even after his death. So, um, I think it'll be interesting to see what that, really was all about and uh i mean there's i think all we know about is there's a, there were so, several strategic uh attack points um or or targets uh planned but um it should uh it should be should be pretty interesting to to see what they've got set up yeah now i know uh you had mentioned that um the clone wars and uh star wars rebels mm-hmm. are are also canon mm-hmm. And um, that's something that I know, um, especially since I think they tend to be uh, marketed to a younger audience. Some of us haven't seen. Is there any material in there that we should be aware of, or characters that we should know that you know when when they come on screen, we're going to be like, oh, that's that person, and the younger hmm. the younger around us are are going to know who we who they are, and <laughs> we're going to be like, well, how do they know who these people are, and we don't? <laughs> uh, that's a good. I. I would be kind of surprised if we were to see really any significant transfer over from from the Clone Wars and the Rebel show into something like Episode Seven. Um, uh, I think that would be more likely for uh, the uh, what's it called the uh, is it Rogue Squadron the uh, mm-hmm. the uh, off offshoot kind of bef- that right before Episode Four. Um, I think that's more likely. Uh, just because of the setting of things. For one, Rebels is, is pre, uh, pre New Hope. So it's set kind of right in that in-between period between, uh, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. While, while the Re- Re- Rebellion's getting, you know, kind of getting started and, uh, um, you know, you see, you see Bail Organa, uh, kind of kicking things off. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the fact that there's still a, a small smattering of some Jedi out there, uh, like Ahsoka Tano, who we first meet in the animated Clone Wars movie and then the, the series. Um, and then she comes back in Rebels, which, uh, I was really excited about, not for me personally, uh, but for my daughter, who that was, that character is what got her into Star Wars. Uh, she's, she's a young female character, uh, who's, uh, Jedi and, and strong-willed and determined. And, uh, my, my daughter quickly latched onto that character and, uh, that's what she watched, uh, the Clone Wars TV show for was, was for Ahsoka Tano. And that's what brought her into Star Wars. Um, 
So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see that she's back in Rebels and kind of maintaining that. And, and my, uh, my daughter is, I mean, she's, she'll rewatch that stuff over and over on Netflix. I mean, she's been, I, I have no idea how many times she's been through that series or whatever, but, um, I don't think we're going to see a lot of carryover from, from any of that into Force Awakens. We might see it in other areas, but, uh, probably not in episode seven. Now, uh, would you recommend people go back? Obviously not before the, uh, the movie comes out next weekend because there's just not enough time in the day. But are, are these things that you would recommend people go to? Because I, again, I think they're marketed to more of a younger audience. So I think some of us have dismissed them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and not in a bad way, just kind of in a, you know, hours in the day kind sure. of selective dismissal. And, uh, you know, is it something that you would encourage or is it really, you know, they're fun cartoons for kids and, and something that you can appreciate in that vein, yeah. but, but not much more. Um, I mean, it's, if, if you like, if you like the, you know, backstory and you like to know kind of what's going on in parts of the galaxy that don't have to deal with the sky, the Skywalker clan. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'd say, I would say check it out. Um, I mean, there's no heavy lifting. It's fairly predictable stuff. It is marketed towards, uh, a younger audience, uh, which is again, Disney being smart. Disney knows if they get the kids, they can get the adults. Um, mm-hmm. uh, cause somebody has got to drive them there. So, right. uh, and for, I mean, for the most part, they have the adults, you know, we all grew up, uh, for the most part, you know, uh, with star Wars as, as, as some part of our lives. Um, I think it's interesting to think that there's a generation of kids that really haven't been exposed to it at all. Um, you know, maybe, you know, maybe the prequel stuff or whatever, but, uh, they just, they know it as something that is kind of tied to what mom and dad grew up with. It's one of mom and dad shows or something like that. So, uh, bringing the kids into it this way, I think is, is definitely a smart move. Uh, I, it's, it's certainly not, uh, required viewing, I think, to, mm-hmm. to still appreciate what's going on, but, um, it's, uh, I mean, if you do have, you know, younger people in your lives, uh, children, uh, nephews, you know, children of friends or whatever that you kind of want to bring into the, into the star Wars galaxy. That's, I mean, that's definitely the, the tool to do it though. Awesome. That's a, that's a good thing to know. Um, it is funny because I think the more and more I immerse myself in, in geek culture, the, the more I forget that not everybody adores star Wars or, or even just kind of is aware of it. Mm. And, uh, we were, I was talking to some colleagues and, uh, um, one of the women I work with was like, "Oh yeah, my my son wants to go to Star Wars. Wants to go. To Star Wars. I don't. I've never seen a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And there's just like that little part of you inside is just like, I'm not gonna say why <laughs> and how. Could you not have seen Star Wars? <laughs> you know, because you, you got to remember, not everybody is a geek, but right. but it just feels like it's such a part of of our culture that you just when when you hear that, it's just so jarring. Yeah. Like how how do you not know these movies? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, my, my stepdad's the same way. My stepdad had never seen, uh, a Star Wars movie. And, uh, um, you know, my, my mom, you know, uh, living with me couldn't help but be exposed to it and, you know, and had enjoyed it in, on, in her own right, um, too, uh, originally. So, uh, we felt it was, it was kind of important to bring him into it. We knew the best way to do that was through the grandchildren. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they, they watched the kids from time to time with us and we just, um, you know, like I think every true Star Wars nerd out there, I've got various copies of DVD releases of of the trilogies. Um, mm-hmm. So we, you know, we sent 
sent our, our kids over there one time just with one of the copies of the DVDs, and they're like, hey, just take it with you to Nana Papa's and and get get Papa to sit down and watch it because he can't refuse you. So, mm-hmm. um, so she, and and that's what's happened. Like they've started introducing him to Star Wars by through guilt, uh, which is <laughs> you know a great motivator. But yeah, it it is. It's it's amazing to think you know. Uh, wow, there's there's a whole wide world of people out there that have had no exposure to this at all. Mm-hmm. And I and it's fun because uh, again I, I teach in a high school and so a lot of the kids are trying to catch their friends up mm. before before the the movie comes out and so they're planning these grandiose sleepovers and trying <laughs> to marathon it and I'm like guys guys in college I tried to do that with a friend if you want to ruin Star Wars for somebody real quick. Marathon of movies. Yeah. <laughs> Marathon of movies. You got to break that stuff up. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's. It's a lot of material. I mean, even if you're just talking about, you know, the the six movies or whatever. And then there's then there's always the question of, well, how do you watch it? Uh, yeah. You know, is it? Uh, and I'm I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. Are you a one two three four five six kind of viewer? Do you go four five six one two three? Um, what do you, you what know, do you think? I, I think that I would tend to go, especially if I was introducing it to somebody new. Um, four, five, six, one, two, three, mm-hmm. just because that's the way we all kind of were introduced to it as well. Right. Um, except for, except, you know, as people have pointed out, the, you know, a lot of the kids that I'm teaching now, that's not the case. They were introduced one, two, three, four, five, six. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I do think that there's kind of a, a story arc that, that was built in. So you, when you're watching the f- one, two, three, you kind of want to have that backstory already in there because, the whole point is to watch it unfold. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I lean towards, you know, viewing them in the order they came out. So four, five, six, then back to one, two, three. Um, and you know, I mean, that's like you said, that's the way most of us uh, were exposed to it. Obviously not anybody who's kind of coming to it new who saw it one, two, three, and then four, five, six. But, uh, I think also that, that big reveal, you know, um, I, I really don't know if we're still talking spoiler alerts here, but you know, Vader is Luke's dad. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that reveal in Empire, uh, I think loses, especially if you weren't aware of it, you know, being a first time viewer or something or, or like my kids, um, uh, has a lot more weight to it, finding it out in Empire as opposed to kind of finding it out in, you know, Revenge of the Sith, uh, mm-hmm. and then just waiting for Luke to catch up to you. Uh, it's still right. going the other way around. So, um, and it also, I mean, it's it, it's kind of got like the uh, there's this um, uh, the Titanic effect, which is we know what's going to happen. Like you know, uh, when we watch Titanic, we know the boat's going down, but we still watch that that movie with a certain certain amount of wonder as to what's going to happen around that. Um, so you watch this movie, you know, Anakin's going to become Vader. But it's a lot of, like you said, watching that story unfold. How does it how does it happen? And, you know, and who do we lose along the way? So mm-hmm. um, um, do you have uh, everybody has their opinions about um, one, two and three? Are you kind of the flawed but OK with camp or or do you kind of just go, well, it happened and that's okay. We'll move on. <laughs> um, what, what, where, where do you fall in that line? Um, I mean, I, I definitely see it as kind of flawed, uh, not really in a storytelling way, but mm-hmm. uh, just, just in a production value kind of way. It, it was just too much green screen. Um, mm-hmm. And 
Um, that's one of the things I'm excited about with, with JJ Abrams, uh, you know, where he's been vocal about, you know, getting back to practical effects, uh, you know, puppets and miniatures and, and limiting the amount of green screen and even using things like real film in the camera as opposed to digital. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you got just a lot of CG and, not even great CG. And then there's just, to me, there's just too many like gags, you know? Um, I mean, everybody loves to hate Jar Jar Binks, you know, which I, I think is fair, but I mean, also things like, you know, the, the battle droids that didn't act very droidish, you know, they, right. they acted, you know, like, uh, just, you know, kind of comic bumbling buffoons, which is kind of feels contrary to like essentially a toaster with programming. Um, uh, you know, stuff like, um, actors maybe not getting some of the best direction. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out there and say Hayden Christensen's a great actor, but mm. I think some of, some of the fans' issues with him aren't, they don't realize, aren't, don't really have to do with him, but with the direction he got. Um, you know, so, I think, I think to be fair, if, if you want to put blame on stuff, like you can't put it all on, one one person uh, a lot no. a lot of hands go in that pot making making a movie like that um so like i said i'm certainly not advocating he's a great a uh, great actor but i also think he got some bad direction and so you know we kind of look at it with uh you know this this very whiny anakin skywalker character um and i mean i would also say well, with that respect, check out, uh, if you haven't, check out the novelization of, of some of the prequel books, um, especially, okay. especially Revenge of the Sith, because there's some information in there that makes it in the novelization that doesn't make it into the movie that's helpful to understand, uh, like his character's motivation, Anakin Skywalker's motivation, uh, for a lot of things. Um, for the longest time, like, for me, the biggest, the biggest scene uh, kind of in the prequels movie that just cracked me up was him talking back to Samuel Jackson about not being made a master, uh, mm-hmm. on, on the council. He's like, it's, it's insulting to be on the council and not be a master. And Samuel Jackson gives him that, you know, say what again, look. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so by itself, you're looking at like this whiny kid, like he's, you know, you know, and Obi-Wan lays it out for him. He's like, you're the youngest person ever appointed to the council. Like, just be cool. However, if, if you check out the book, you come to find out that there were certain privileges extended to masters that uh, Anakin thought he needed in order to help save Padme's life. Um, uh-huh. So uh, getting access to things like the Jedi holocrons and knowledge that were kept uh, kept only only for the mas- Jedi master's access uh, kind of helps you understand where he's coming from in that. And he starts to become a lot less whiny in that light and more desperate to save the life of someone he loves which um makes that a very different character a very different scene so um and there's there's just good stuff like that in the and plus reading is awesome so uh <laughs> you know so definitely i would i would say check out check out the novelization of revenge of the sith yeah, that's something I am going to have to check out because I do remember feeling like that that spiral downward felt very abrupt and very um, unmotivated. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I understand that he was desperate to save you know somebody he loved, but it didn't have it. Kind of it 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 did come 
off as very whiny, throwing a tantrum, and <laughs> and many deaths resulted. Right, it's quite the tantrum. Yeah, but um, but yeah, that you know, even just that little information kind of kind of helps fill it in and go, oh, okay, maybe maybe there is a better a better arc to it than than we realize or that was portrayed. Yeah, I mean, we, there's also cool things uh, in the book. Uh, they're they're almost. I mean, it's almost like deleted scenes from the movie, you know. So uh, that that um, help us to understand some things that are going on. Things with, uh, you know, Yoda communing with Qui Gon Jinn, uh, you know, and stuff like that. Um, just just really cool. Uh, again, you know, it, it doesn't massively change things, but it it uh, paints things in a slightly different light. It's it's some backstory. Uh, I, I'm I love I'm a sucker for backstory, so. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's cool. Well, the last thing I wanted to talk to you about, and I'm I'm hesitant to bring it up, but I know since uh since I listened to the show this last week, um you're gonna be uh talking about it next week. There is the the holiday special. Mm. Yes. And I know you've seen it. Yes. And I have also. And <laughs> uh, and you know I I wanted to know if you had uh, any thoughts or any any nostalgia associated with this um wonderful thing that is out there well it is um <clears throat> man it is definitely a thing that is out there uh, <laughs> uh as much as uh, as much as you know many fans and even george lucas himself wish it weren't um in fact i think he had built his entire career and fortune around the goal of making enough money to recall every copy of that from every facet of our lives and just make us forget but uh mm-hmm. it's there's i mean there's not a whole lot redeeming about it like i i've gotten to a point in my life where i try and see a silver lining or try and find something positive in everything cuz uh, uh for one it just gets very tiring to hate on everything but mm-hmm. uh i i can't really find anything redeeming um about the holiday special uh you know from just from from the premise to the kind of weak shoehorned in cameos um you know b arthur uh i mean <laughs> come on b arthur man that uh, that is always my go to uh because i the funny thing is you try and explain this to to students now like you know they 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 are unaware of what it is you know some of them have seen it on youtube or whatever but you know they don't get it because they didn't grow up with the holiday specials like we did mm-hmm. where you know you would kind of as a kid you try and catch all the holiday specials because there'd be, you know, just kind of fun, fun things in there. And they did have a very basic formula that was kind of like musical guest and, you know, the announcer at the beginning. And, and I think the thing that I love about it is that it is so from that era mm-hmm. and it is so, so horribly, horribly bad. Yeah. I mean, it's, that it's it, very you, formulaic. Like, you know, it's, it's laid out in that, you know, 80s holiday special kind of way, uh-huh. um, you know, like you said, mu- you know, and with with musical guest uh, B. Arthur, um, <laughs> you know, and as you know, and, and to fair to Star Wars, you know, we there wasn't a whole lot of it at the time, you know, no. so we didn't have all the books or the TV shows or the video games, you know, or the comics. Um, well, we had the I guess the Marvel's first run at Star Wars, but mm-hmm. even that, I mean. Even that included things like a giant green bunny uh, in place of Chewbacca, 
Um, yes, I've heard of that. I've heard of that. I have not experienced this, yeah. but it is. Yeah. It sounds phenomenally bad. It's 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 a thing. Like Han Solo and Boba Fett, like you know, having this buddy cop kind of moment, you know, and that that kind of thing. Um, so I mean, so with the exception of that, as there's very limited uh, opportunities to latch on and, and absorb some Star Wars. So you know, I think this comes out, and we're all just you know. Yay, you know, it's, it's some more Star Wars, uh, lightsabers and the Force and blasters and spaceships. Um, and then we get, you know, Wookiee Life Day. And yeah, I was going to say 10 minutes of untranslated Wookiee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, which was, that, that to me was the first indication that I was in for, for a very strange ride. It's like, um, they've been speaking Wookiee now for 10 minutes and <laughs> there, there's no translation. There's no subtitles. There's nobody kind of like the Han or the Leia standing around going, you're right, Chewie. That is that, that way. Right, right. This is okay. So somebody thought this was a good idea and I'm hoping they'd no longer have their job. Yeah. And, and of course it all leads up to that phenomenal moment of Carrie Fisher singing <laughs> the Star Wars theme. Uh, uh-huh. Which I mean, you know, is it's just I mean, not just it's it's great piece of music. Um, and as as growing up as as a band geek and a music nerd, John Williams, you know, was in there in the pantheon of composer deities. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, the the Star Wars fanfare and theme, it wasn't a song with lyrics in no. till now <laughs> uh, or until then. And uh, yeah, just. It's it's like watching, it's literally like watching an actual train wreck. Where you, mm-hmm. I mean, it's horrible and it's and it's terrible, but you just keep looking because you kind of want to make sure no one you know got hurt. <laughs> and that's that's the feeling I had. So yeah, so when Cliff and Jules were like, yeah, you know, holiday special for for the for the Christmas episode or whatever, I'm just like, why? I've got sharp tools outside I can hurt myself with. I don't. <laughs> Mm. Mm. Right. I I, uh, I remember showing it to a friend, and at some point he just turned to me and goes, "I'm I'm watching this not because I think it's good or or because I'm entertained, but because I'm just trying to find a reason why." Yeah, <laughs> just trying to find a reason why. You just, I mean, after all these years, I still like I expect like Ashton Kutcher to bust out and it's just like, ah, you got punk. <laughs> like, wow, man, that was pretty thirty years in the making, man. That was pretty good. All right, good job. But um, no, there's just I mean, it's it's like a fever dream in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> uh, fever dream with uh, with uh, Jefferson Starship. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, very good. Well, thank you, Ryan, for sharing your uh, Star Star Wars uh, knowledge with us and, and kind of catching us up before the movie. When you're going out on uh, Friday morning? Yeah. Um, I was pretty excited. Uh, you know, I got my tickets. Uh, uh, I forgot because uh, my, my wife also teaches. And um, we I forgot that school is still in session, you know, that that Friday for the, for the kids mm-hmm. and teachers and stuff. So kind of jumped the gun and, and got tickets for myself, her and my oldest my oldest daughter. And then, you know, very excitedly told her, like, hey, got tickets, you know, uh, we'll be at the 10 a.m. showing, you know, on Friday. She's like, yeah, you know, kids and I still have school. I was like, what? Why? It's Star Wars <laughs> it's Day. It's Star Wars Day. <laughs> How is this not a federal holiday? Uh, so she's like, yeah, we, we can't go. I was like, well, you can't go. It's protected day. Teachers won't be able to take it off. 
but I'm pulling her out of school to go see Star Wars. Because um, first of all, what is she missing the day the day before uh, Christmas break? And uh, you know, two, I bought the tickets, <laughs> so this is going to happen. Um, but uh, I did find um, my uh, very good friend, a college roommate of mine, best man at my wedding. I mean, just we go back. Um, you know, lives here in town as well, so uh, he he gets my wife's ticket, and uh, the three of us are just gonna go uh, check it out on uh, on Friday morning, and I'm super super excited. Yeah, we're gonna go hit it on uh, Sunday afternoon. Not uh, we, we invited some friends, and uh, and I know they listen to this, so hi. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, they they weren't able to go Friday and Saturday, and we re- really did want to go with them. So we're we're holding out till Sunday, and I'm just gonna go on media lockdown yeah. for for two days because I I want to make sure I don't uh, um, don't get spoiled. Yeah, and so I will have to. Very, very quietly try and uh, sneak through two days of um, of no media and no no internet. And that's and that's why I had to do the the Friday morning because I just I mean I I wanted to wait maybe until the crowds thinned out because I'm I'm not a crowds guy. I tend to get right. Uh, you know I'm I'm you know I'm a learned extrovert, so I still have those initial introvert qualities, and and crowds of people suck energy right out of me. Uh, yeah, but I knew that. I mean, if there's anything the internet loves to do, it's ruin things for other people, and it's it just there's almost no way I could have avoided it, you know, for a couple of weeks. So I, was, I, I knew I had to bite the bullet and just get in there, uh, like someone's twisted my arm to see Star Wars, but uh, just get there before you know Facebook and Twitter could could ruin it for me. Because I mean, let's face it, if those things have been around, uh, Luke, I am your father would have would have been the biggest letdown. Um, Oh yeah. Ever. I mean, that wouldn't have been. It's like the the Simpsons episode where Homer comes walking out, like, "Yeah, hey, can you believe Darth Vader was Luke's father?" Um, you know, and all these people are standing in line to see Empire Strikes Back. They had no idea. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the internet just the internet loves to spoil for some reason. Um, and you know, we love to talk about stuff. We get really excited, and I think uh, kind of jump the gun on things. But um, I've just I've been really careful to stay away from like a lot of fan theories and you know, speculation in this stuff. Um, my wife was trying to show me something the other day. She's like, Hey, you love, you love star Wars. Look at this. It's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to see any of these, you know, any of these articles or, 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 um, uh, theories on anything just because, uh, JJ Abrams and, and his team have released trailers and they set up a story and they have a way they want me to see it and experience it. And I, I, mm-hmm. I want to do it the way they, because, you know, they put a lot of time and energy into, into trying to tell me the story this best possible way. I don't want to go into it with, you know, preconceived notions or, you know, oh, uh, Kylo Ren, you know, and this. And, and there's some stuff you just can't avoid uh, mm-hmm. kind of seeing the headlines, too, or something. But I, I've been really careful not to go down those rabbit holes just because uh, I just I, I just want it to wash over me in, in exactly the way Abrams intended it to. So. Yeah, there's two more movies coming up, but this is this is the first of those three, and so this this moment is never going to happen again. Yeah. And I think it's uh, you know a lot of us are very excited of just being able to experience it naturally, and so hopefully hopefully we will be able to do that without people ruining it for us. Yeah. So yeah, very good. Any shout-outs this week to anybody you know, anybody you want to say hi to? Um, yeah, I mean, just uh, want to throw some love over to my, my co-host over on I Remember It Better. Um, 
Cliff uh, works very hard uh, doing the the post production on that show, putting putting in the bumpers and all the fun little you know tags you hear at the end of uh, our segments and stuff. Um, and uh, you know, he and, he and I are very good friends. He used to live down here, uh, and then his job took him to other parts of the country. But you know, we still make a point several times a year to get together. And I've actually sat in the room with him while he's doing you know the post production stuff. It's it's no easy task and. Uh, uh, he he puts a lot into it. It's a labor of love. Uh, so you know, just, I just I appreciate what he does, putting that extra bit of icing onto uh, onto this fun little project we do. And um, Jules, who who uh, joined the cast, jeez, uh, um, not not all that long ago, all things considered, I guess, but uh, has uh, has done really cool things by you know getting us getting us live on on twitch uh each thursday night that we broadcast uh you can come in and, and join us in the chat room and and kind of see how the sausage is made um which could be a good thing or a bad thing um but uh uh you know the work that she's she's put into getting that set up and and maintaining you know week on week um just you know super awesome and again it just it puts that just that much more that next level of kind of love and in, into the show that uh Hopefully everybody can enjoy. So, um, so, uh, just, yeah, uh, bad love to those guys for, for the efforts they put into it and, um, and, and the tolerance they have for me and, uh, <laughs> you know, and that sort of thing. So, um, and then just, uh, you know, high, high fives to all the nerds and geeks out there. I mean, we just, like I said, I mean, we've all got our thing we, we love and obsess over. Um, we got to remember that though, that just, you know, just, just let's be kind to each other about it too. You know, we're not all into the same things. That's what makes, that's what makes nerdery and geekdom, uh, so awesome is that we can be into different things and share things with each other. And, uh, I would just encourage, you know, next time you come across somebody that doesn't know anything about that thing you love about, uh, don't be a tool about it. You know, don't, don't bring them down for, for not being on board. Uh, maybe expose them to it and share it with them. Mm -hmm. And tell them why you think it's so awesome, and uh, you know, because you don't know, you might introduce somebody to their next uh, their next favorite fandom or something. So let's just, uh, uh, you know, as, as a world in general, man, we gotta just start being more cool to each other and uh, just kind of hang out and be groovy. So let's let's start with the nerds and the geeks. Um, we've all, you know, we all know what it's like to be singled out and picked on. Let's let's not perpetuate that inside our own safety circle. So uh, that that's one thing that drives me nuts. I, I don't. Having experienced that, it's kind of like, why would you ever inflict that on somebody else? Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just something we all have to work as, at as a community. Yeah. Very good. Well, uh, shout out to you, sir, and, oh, and you. to your co-hosts as well. I had the opportunity to meet Jules at Calm Before the Storm this year. Oh, cool. And she was just very, very wonderful, very gracious. Yeah. And uh, I, she gave me a T-shirt because I, I was like, I, I love Torn Think Tank, but I'm a huge fan of I Remembered It Better. <laughs> and she's like, T-shirt! <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Yeah, so yeah Jules, yeah, so Jules is great cool. stuff. You know, Cliff's amazing. And like, like I said earlier, I mean, podcasters, um, I think somebody had approached Cliff and asked, asked them to be on his show. And he was, he was like, yeah, sure. You know, I think they found him in a, maybe through chat and like, wow, or something. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah. They're like, are you that Revan geek? He's like, yeah. And they're like, oh man, I would love to, you know, have you or a couple of these other, other guys on, on my show. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, they're like, you know, oh, really? And it's like, listen, man, we're, every, you know, this this isn't a, a celebrity thing, man. Like we're just we're just dudes that like to podcast, or or, or female dudes that like to podcast, and and it's really easy to get podcasters to do another podcast because uh, uh, you know we love it. So um, 
Yeah, any any time, man, any time. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and and thank you again. We're we're very excited to have you. Um, we'll we'll let you know if there's anything you want to promote down the line. Let us know. We'll do. Man. All right. Coming up next week, we have Chris Case from the Game Case podcast. Uh, we don't quite know what we're talking about yet. It may just be kind of hanging out, talking about news. It may be something more, but uh, we're we're definitely going to be geeking out and. I will not have seen the Star Wars movie at that point, so we <laughs> <laughs> will try. You'll you'll see how successful I have been at uh, avoiding spoilers. Uh, anything coming up for you this week? Um, man, just uh, just another week uh, living in the world and, and uh, trying to trying to fit in the the fun geeky stuff where I can. But uh, the big thing for me, um, I'm gonna try and get some Christmas shopping done because that's just around the corner. Uh, and looking, looking to hit Star Wars, um, really excited. I mean, obviously excited to see the movie, really excited to share this moment with, with my daughter and, uh, and have that, you know, be a thing for us. But, um, and then, uh, just going to try and squeeze in some video games, uh, here and there. Uh, we've got, um, Thursday we'll have kind of the last episode before the holiday break. Uh, I remembered it better. So, uh, you can catch us about, Usually about 9:30 over on Twitch at uh, Twitch slash IRI Better, um, you know, and of course you can check us out on the website uh, iribetter.com, Twitter uh, at IRI Better, follow all that stuff uh, to to find out where we are, what we're doing, and stuff. But um, yeah, come come hang out in the chat room, have a good time, uh, you know, get something you loved as a child ruined for you. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geektitude.com. If you'd like to contact me via email, you can send an email to joehogan at geektitude.com. Uh, you can also follow the show at geektitude on Twitter or me personally, at Epic Grays. How can we find you, Ryan? Uh, you can find me on Twitter over at uh, rallgood98. Uh, you know, if, uh, if you're looking for the rest of the show, again, at IRIBetter, Cliff at RevanGeek, and Jules at JulesRPG. Very cool. Well, thanks again, Ryan. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you for joining us. Oh, absolutely, man. Thanks thanks for having me. It's, I, I was excited to, to get your message. Uh, really glad you reached out to me, you know, and uh, had, had a good time. I, like, like I said, I mean, twist my arm, man. Get me to talk about Star Wars, but uh, <laughs> uh, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Very cool. And to all of you out there, remember this week, keep it geek.